Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Kelly, we've been away a few extra days. Do you feel rejuvenated? Was that a good break for you? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I had, you... um... Yeah? I had my birthday. Uh-huh. Um, and I played Elden Ring. Yes. Did anybody buy you any video games for your birthday? No. Do your friends not, not like you? No, nobody. No. Everybody said, ooh, Kelly, uh, let's get her some socks. Actually, socks are a very nice gift. I was going to say, I love getting socks. There's nothing like getting a nice new pair of socks. Um, I'm going to buy you Elden Ring socks for your next birthday. I, you know what I really want to try is those peachy, like peach rings, peachy rings, the Elden Ring ones. Oh, yeah, <laughs> like that candy that's Elden Ring branded. But didn't yeah. they only make like a couple dozen bags or something? Well, they only sent them to like streamers influencers. and influencers and stuff. It's not fair. That, I want the Who's peach that rings. influencing? They, they already. I know. It Give should be sent to ring. me to influence me, even though I already bought your game. Well, I guess. It's it's saying that, you know, Trolley has very, very good peach rings, which is influencing us to get Trolley peach rings, which I'm not going to lie. I have kind of been craving peach rings, but I've I might I've probably had a peach ring in my life, but oh, I don't remember. So a good peach ring can really make your day, but a bad one can really ruin your day. OK. And you want the Elden Ring themed ones. Yes. Are they called the Elden Rings? I don't know. Are they called Elden Ring Peach Rings? Because if it's called Elden Ring Peach Rings, I'd be disinterested. I only want them if they're called the Elden Rings. Sweet peachy Elden Rings. That's cute. I like that. (laughs) So before we get into the news this week, there's a lot going on. But first, we wanted to acknowledge there's been a lot of reports of abusive work conditions in several smaller studios across the industry over the past week. Um, This is more of a fun show. Even when we talk about some harder news, we tend to have a more fun angle. So we're not going to talk about all the details. We encourage you, if you're interested, to look in this uh, yourself. Again, it's a lot of smaller studios, so it's disappointing to hear. But um, we would just like to do, as we always do, and present our support for all of those who came forward to share their stories and we support all of the parties who've been affected by this and the video game industry really needs change and hopefully all of this news coming out in the past year or two will start to really kickstart that but as it stands we're learning more and more and we encourage you to to look into this yourself keep an eye on the studios you love make sure that their workers are treated appropriately And when you see it fit, vote with your dollar. If there's a studio that you don't think is treating their workers properly, maybe don't play their game. You know, even if it's a studio you love, it's important to think of the human cost and it shouldn't be high. So, yeah, not not, nothing to discuss. We're not going to go into like make this a discussion topic. Just important to acknowledge that that's been coming out in the past week. Yes. Um. I think Andrew sums that up very well on both of our feelings. Um, the news this week, there's quite a bit. Um, Oof, a lot. Yeah. We did miss last week, as we know. Well, we missed a few days. so we Everything are... happened in those like three <laughs> extra days, though. I know, which is good, because that means we didn't really miss anything. But 
Um, EA announced that there won't be a EA Play live this year. Um, don't really know what that means in terms of the grand scheme of things. Um, I'm going to guess that there won't be an EA Play live is probably what it means. Well, beyond that, I mean, <laughs> you know, talks of E3 and all this. Yeah. Because EA Play Live events. always like is the first thing before E3 or at the start of E3. Yeah. So not having that, it's also it's concerning, and it also is, for EA games, it's concerning. It is. I don't know if it's concerning. I don't know. I I think that um, we shall see what happens. I kind of have a feeling if we're going to see anything from EA, it's probably going to be in the back half of the year. So this wasn't particularly surprising to me. Um, to me personally, EA is like, I don't want to say too big to fail, but it's like, EA is not just, you know, Star Wars and Bioware. It's every single EA sports game to ever exist. And we always see a bunch of those at E3. Now I know we've talked about that not happening this year, depending on the situation. It's not happening in person, but I don't know. This news wasn't particularly alarming to me, but. I don't know. My hope we'll is that EA Play Live is just dead and that EA takes their best trailers and puts them in other shows that are already good. You know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't want to watch an EA Play Live showcase just for a Mass Effect trailer or just for a Dragon Age trailer. I'd much rather that put be put into a, like, PlayStation or Xbox showcase where yeah. it is surrounded by more interesting things instead of just Battlefield and Madden. Yeah, I would agree with that. I guess we'll find out in the next year or so. Uh, this does spell some negativity for E3, and it is March, so it's a little strange that the only things we've heard are bad. You know, cancellations, getting rid of the in-person event, which now it's apparent to me as, as you know, COVID numbers start to shake out a little bit and we see the, the greater picture, it does feel like, canceling e3 for the sake of covid in person e3 was a bit of a, a scapegoat because i they could have pulled it off you know if they really wanted to they could have pulled it off mm -hmm. they could have just easily made it like a press event instead of a public event and had it just like they used to but we'll see three months away theoretically if it's happening it's three months away yeah which is exciting to think about at least um, but speaking of some turmoil, Xbox's studio, The Initiative, is currently seeing rapid staff loss as the Perfect Dark reboot they are working on is having a very bad development. Apparently, this game has been basically spinning its wheels for years since it was announced, and very little has been achieved. So in the past 12 months, there have been several departures. Over 30 people have left the studio, which, I mean, if you think of the size of like a medium studio, that's incredibly large. They're currently less than 50 people now. Um, this just does not speak very highly. They brought in Crystal Dynamics at the end of last year. I believe right near the tail end of 2021, Crystal Dynamics was brought on to the project. And at this stage, I'm kind of assuming it's going to be even though it is a reboot, I think it's going to be re-rebooted as a Crystal Dynamics product because I don't see how this could be 
If you lost almost half your studio, I don't see how this could happen in its original state. So yeah, yeah, a bit, um, a bit shocking. It's not good. It's not perfect. It is dark though. <laughs> it is, yeah. More like really... imperfect and dark. More like imperfect dark. More that like was really per- good. Okay. Not perfect dark. Okay. More like you're doing great. More the initiative. More like okay. have some initiative. Oh, okay, you're doing per- great. Perfect dark. More like canceled the game. No, I think you're gone. You're gone. I'm sorry. My system has just really been shocked lately. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. Um, <laughs> almost perfect, I would say, but not quite. Um, System Shock Three, a game that is supposed to be happening, um, is is without a creative lead right now as it starts its full development. Um, we know that this is a ten cent game now. Just letting everybody let that. Just letting everybody, you know, take that information and 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 let it happen to you. Um, System Shock was an old old game for those who don't know, from the guy and the team who made Bioshock. Eventually, System Shock was set in space. It was scary. There was a big lady on the screen. It does it well. I I will just say it does not bode well for System Shock Three. As it has been untethered and set out to more. It's just really sad. I feel like because Warren Spector was really important to the System Shock DNA and the fact that he confirmed that neither he nor any of the original creative leads are involved. It's like, what's the what are they even making? What? Why does Tencent have the right to carry on this like storied franchise that's been dormant for so long? I don't know. Money. Money, 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 money. Yeah, it's a bummer, but honestly. Are you not going to finish that song? Are you really going to do like the first money, money, money and then not do the high pitched one? No. What's the high pitched one? I can't do it. I can't sing, Kelly. You're the singer. It is. And I thought you were going to do that. Oh, I didn't know. I actually didn't know. That's the only part of that song I know is the money, 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 money. It's part. And then. No, 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 just one. It's just money, money, money. Money. Yeah, that's good enough. Okay. I was in choir. I was a soprano in middle school. And then when I went to high school, they changed me to an alto because my voice got deeper because I went through puberty. Were you more of a Carmella or a Meadow? Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Television comedy for you. Sopranos. Funny. I consider myself more of a Tony. Oh. (laughs) Can you imagine you look, if someone said that to you? I'd be like, okay, I don't need to know you. Well, to keep the Tencent train rolling, <laughs> Tencent has acquired a majority stake in the developer of Rhyme, Tequila Works. This is an independent studio with some really highly praised games under their belt. And that's the end of the story, really. It's just the same story we've had to share Every couple weeks, and that's Tencent acquiring yet another developer. Doesn't look like there's going to be any major changes in the way they work. It's just Tencent will be the one raking in the money. I feel like we have to be near the tipping point, though, where like 
all of these acquisitions has an impact, you know? Because at this point, it just looks like Tencent is buying things to get the profits, but obviously they have some ulterior motive. Right? Yeah. I don't know. It's all about the moolah, you know what I'm saying? Like, are they just going to turn all of these studios into live service makers? Live service game makers? Yes. But you said Tequila Works. And you know what I thought of? Another song. I bet you can't guess what it is. I can't. I cannot guess. You know? Tequila. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah. It's a very musical episode today. Yeah, I think you're in a very you're in a very singing mood, perhaps. I am. I'm feeling jovial. That's fantastic. Well, a little bit jovial. Okay. Um <laughs> The next news item we have is all about PlayStation, Sony. PlayStation and Sony together in perfect harmony. They're one thing. <laughs> no. I know, but you wrote it in the document as PlayStation, and it's Sony, so I got confused. So I said that they're two different things to make my brain feel better about it. I I was just looking at a headline, and I forgot that I know Sony and PlayStation are different, or the same. Wait. They are different. I mean, Sony's bigger than PlayStation, but PlayStation is all Sony, you know? Yes. Also, it is funny that the headline of this says both PlayStation and Sony as though they're two entities but they're I, one i know that's what i'm saying but anyway playstation is acquiring haven studios um which is a studio helmed by um someone who worked on assassin's creed and star wars and google games you know everybody's favorite kim kardashian hollywood star whatever that game is called i don't know if that's <laughs> a google game i just made that up um but they're making a live service experience, I'm quoting it here, built upon a systemic and evolving world. Now, I don't know about you guys. When I hear the word systemic, I think, ooh, systemic may be bad, but maybe not. But live service, bad. <laughs> bad. <laughs> so that's I mean, what they're doing with this studio that they just bought. It makes sense, but... Because they were saying that they have all these games, live service games that are supposed to come out over the next few years. And it's like, well, who's making them? And now we know they're buying people to make it for them. What was the last Assassin's Creed game? Oh, Valhalla. 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 That's how we'd say it up here where I live. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, I live like 30 minutes south of you. I know, I know. I didn't want to reveal my location. 30 minutes north of Andrew. That's tequila. Kelly's location. Da, 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 da. Did you maybe have a little bit of tequila before this episode? No. It's a Monday. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, to shift away from acquisition news and into some television news. Is that just our show now? It's just like, here's the acquisitions <laughs> of the week. Here's the video game adaptations that are on the way. Unfortunately, um, yes, I think so. Well, Netflix has announced Tekken Bloodline. It is a anime adaptation of Tekken. Um, they released a little teaser trailer and confirmed that it is going to release this year. Uh, I think the art style is pretty nice. It's a little 
um, what's the word? It's not super traditional. It, I think it might be 3D modeled anime. These days, it's kind of hard to tell the difference, which is, I mean, that's impressive, but I'm excited in, I'm assuming it could be something really special because Netflix is pretty good at animated video game adaptations. So fingers crossed, I guess. Do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I you know, I, I hate to I don't want to be a hater. You can hate it. I hate this animation style. I hate the, the 3D. It's not so bad here because it almost looks like 2D, but it's like I see the you 3D can, animation. You can still tell. Like, it just looks so cheap to me. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. But um it looks good. I mean, like I said, it looks a little it look kind of looks like they're trying to trick us into thinking it's 2D. But Yeah, no. I I thought it was 2D when I watched it in a tiny little window on my phone when they announced yeah. it. But and I'm then I watched it later on a TV and I was like, oh, those are 3D models. Yeah. Which is like impressive to some extent. It's like, oh, they've almost blurred that line completely. But we can still see the line. I see the line, Netflix. I see the line. And it's distracting me. It is. But I don't know. It looks kind of fun. I don't know. I don't have any strong thoughts about that beyond what I see with my eyes. Because I don't really know Tekken very well. And I don't care to know Tekken very well. I don't really care about fighting games. Except for um, the Naruto fighting game that I played when I was in middle school. But they should make an anime adaptation of that. <gasps> they should. They already like, have all the characters and the plot lines. Right. Like, why don't they have a Naruto anime? Yeah. That's crazy. It is crazy. Just almost as crazy as having another Resident Evil live action series or movie or live action anything. But don't worry, because Netflix has announced that they're doing a Resident Evil live action series <laughs> this summer on July 14th. They dropped <laughs> what? a bunch of um, posters, I guess. Um, yeah, no footage, which is frustrating. No footage. It's actually funny because a Resident Evil movie just came out. Just came out. A couple and months ago. Or is it the same people? Is it the same cast? Nope. Oh, my Completely God. Completely different. Oh, my God. I can't do this anymore. I'm at my limit. I'm done. Put a fork in me. I'm done. Lance Reddick is in it as Albert Wesker. Lance Reddick. I'm like, he's been in, like, every show that's ever happened. He's been yeah. in CSI. He's been in The Wire. He's been in Law & Order. He's been on Oz. He's been on The West Wing. He's been in The Nanny. <gasps> I love The Nanny. The Nanny's a great show. They should make that a video game. You know who else likes The Nanny? Who? If I'm not mistaken, Hidetake Miyazaki, creator <gasps> of Elden Ring, has stated on multiple occasions that he's a big fan of Fran Drescher's The Nanny, which is where a lot of the inspiration for uh, Elden Ring came from. Yeah, when are we going to get the Fran summon? Yeah, and then you fight like a, a big Miss Babcock and Niles, but they're just fighting each other and you watch. <laughs> you ring the bell and she's like, oh, hi. <laughs> that's a, hang on. In all seriousness, that sounds like a fun concept where like there's, you know, because there's plenty of duo bosses, but what if there was like two giant bosses that fought each other and like <laughs> you could theoretically like let them kill each other, but they're like, they have so many area of effect attacks that like you're constantly trying to just keep yourself safe. And you don't want to, like, distract them too much from each other. It's funny that you say that. There's a boss in, well, a boss in Dark Souls 3 
that they fight they're they're um doomed to fight each other for all eternity and you just walk in on them and you're like ooh what do I got to do um but so I, I just said it would that. be I just said it'd be really cool if they did this thing that they have done yeah but you didn't know <laughs> but you didn't know and also know. it's 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 not necessarily I mean when you walk in they they will try to fight you too okay but they are there are very big area of effect spells so it's well, I guess I just that. accidentally invented that. Yeah, you really like had it on lock. So that must be, that must be inspired by the nanny, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, Elden Ring has officially sold over twelve million units since launch. Uh this number surprises me. For reference, it took several years for Dark Souls Three to hit twelve million. And Elden Ring hit it in a couple weeks. Pretty I don't crazy. know. I mean, I'm not super surprised. It's been less than a month. And yeah. everybody's talking about it still. So, like, yeah, it makes sense. But still, like, that's insane, right? It's. Uh, that's, a yeah. lot of new, that's a lot of sales. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, that's a lot of it, money, baby. It represents the quality of the game very well. We'll discuss that more when we get into what we played this week. But, like, my goodness, good for that team. Yeah. I hope this this means that they'll get even bigger budgets and have an even better time with the next game they develop. I also hope this means that other games take from this, especially other open world games. Yeah. There are ways to make an open world game more fun, more accessible, and easier than My what we've hope been doing. Is that because I feel like when Breath of the Wild came out, it was a very common sentiment to be like, wow, it's going to be so cool when games start like genuinely taking influence from this. And it almost feels like this is the first game that has truly taken. I mean, Elden Ring is its own beast for sure, but it almost feels like it took that DNA and ran with it in its own way. And it's like it's been five years. How is this the first game? that feels truly like it learned from Breath of the Wild. So hopefully this is the first of many. And if not, I hope that in five years from now, games learn from Elden Ring. Yeah. Well, it's like Elden Ring improved upon things in Breath of the Wild. Like, yeah. this is all personal preference for me, but, like, your weapons don't break. That was kind of a big issue for me in Breath of the Wild. I hated that. And I'm the, shocked some, they The don't. horses... The, um, Ugh, the horses are bad in Breath of the Wild. The horses are bad in Breath of the Wild. And they're not bad in Elden Ring because there's only one and he's a really good boy. And you just click a button and you're on it. And it's really fast. And he's durable. And you don't have to buy armor for him. I do armor. have a feeling that the next Breath of, that Breath of the Wild sequel will allow you to just be on a horse, though. Because the DLC added the ability to call your horse from anywhere. Which like still wasn't nearly as quick as just clicking a button in Elden Ring and being on the horse. But I have a feeling the sequel will probably have much more accessible horses. Yeah. Or it'll bring back the motorcycle. <gasps> beep, beep. And Fran's beep, on the beep. back. <laughs> Why is Fran Drescher coming up so much? Because I can't stop thinking about her. Are there any other games that Fran Drescher might be in that just got announced? Yeah, she's actually um, playing the next Yennefer. <laughs> 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 just kidding. Um. A new Witcher game was announced um, just recently. Today, I think. Not yeah. today. Today? Well, today as of recording. So yesterday today. if you're listening on release day. Yes. Um, a new Witcher game. It's going to be on the Unreal Engine 5. 
Um, it was literally just a picture of the little witcher necklace, the wolf, um, and some snow. And that's it. In close ties, as described by Andrew, with Epic Games. <laughs> I mean, as written down by me, as described by <laughs> CD Projekt. But yes. Um, how are you feeling about this? Uh, you I'm play feeling the a lot. So I've played three some. I'm planning someday to go back. I was kind of waiting on the next gen patch. Um, but I, I enjoyed what I played. I'm excited by the prospect. It's also, there's so many things to think about here. One, it's weird that they're partnering with Epic Games. Um, it's not exclusive to the Epic Games store. They have already confirmed it will not be exclusive to any one storefront, which is great. Um, I think it's good that it's on Unreal Engine 5 because there have been many stories about games shifting off one engine to Unreal Engine and things getting much better, you know? I think about, like, Square Enix, namely, moves, moved a lot of their games off of their own engine onto Unreal and had a great time because of it. Mm -hmm. um, I almost think, looking at some of the fan reactions online, it's interesting to see, like, there's only two sides. Like there are only people who are like, Oh my God, a new Witcher game. And this is not Witcher four. They just said it's a new Witcher game start of a new saga. So I don't know exactly what that'll mean, but um, people are either like, Oh my God, this is incredible. Or they're like, no, it's going to suck because cyberpunk sucked. And that's like the only two things I've seen. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I think I'm in the middle. <laughs> like, I'm excited by the prospect and I, I hope and I would like to think that they would have learned from their one huge blunder. Yeah, I kind of feel the same. I think they really they need to be very, very careful. With Cyberpunk, they played it very like, whoa, here's this game it's coming out. And it was like seven years before it was supposed to come out. That's what I feel like might be happening here, though. Like the way this was announced is very similar to the cyberpunk announcement which was a video but like i don't like them just like teasing this thing so early i, I will say this much yes um when witcher 3 came out it was very buggy and it crashed a lot so i think we can go into the expectation that cd project red is just not very good at launching games hopefully um, they don't keep getting worse right <laughs> that's the only fear it would be it would behoove them to actually make a game that is good at launch good in terms of like here's how it runs because whether you you enjoy the content of the game isn't really the issue it's more it's more so the technical like is it gonna launch is it gonna not crash every half hour is it are the textures going to make sense are they is there going to be a lot of load in like stuff like that yeah um but, you know, Unreal Engine 5 is a whole different animal, so. One that we haven't even really seen applied yet, so. Right. So, we'll see. I'm I'm tentatively excited. I, I like The Witcher. I feel like it's sort of um, Dragon Age's more serious cousin, Polish yeah. cousin. But, um. And hopefully you get to play one of, a game from one of those series before, like, 2025. <laughs> yeah. I think, actually, <laughs> it would be really cool if there was a Witcher game where you could create your own Witcher 
I know that yeah. that's not realistic because there's the world is very rigid with its rules for witchers. Um, and it's it would probably mess up the canon a lot. But also, I don't care. Yeah, no, it's not really that. <laughs> I feel like if they're starting a new saga, why not just start a new canon, basically? Yeah, who cares? I mean, is I the know. writer, is the original author for The Witcher still around? I don't know. Well. If so, he's very wealthy. What if it's a she? I can't believe you've done this in International Women's Month. I literally thought it was George R. R. Martin until you said something right now. <laughs> and my brain just went to the fantasy author that I know. And Jez. Sapkowski. He's Polish. Let's call him George R. R. Martin. That's easier to say. Yeah. And Jev. Okay. <laughs> anyway, he wrote the books and he's 73 years old. Well, I'm sure he's living very lavishly. He has one child. Oh, yeah. I'm going to find this child and I'm going to ask them, can I have some of your money? Okay. That seems a little strange. Why? I don't know. You could just go to the like a quarry and see if you can find them. <gasps> the quarry? <gasps> Supermassive Games, creators of Until Dawn, has announced a spiritual successor to said game called The Quarry, out June 10th. This is a narrative choice-based adventure, very much in the vein of Until Dawn. Uh, this was... I was just very surprised by this because <coughs> there's a couple key things here. One, this is published by 2K, mm -hmm. not Bandai. Bandai Namco has published all of the Dark Pictures anthology games, which Supermassive has also made. And this is the first time that they have said outright that this is a spiritual successor. So, I don't know. It's a lot different. It's not PlayStation exclusive. It's on PS4, 5, and Xbox One and Series X. I'm surprised how soon it's out. Uh, it has Dewey from Scream. David Arquette's in it. Oh my god. It has uh Brenda Song. Sorry. Justice Smith. It has a really cool cast. Um lots Dewey. of interesting young people and then Dewey from Scream, who's old. Wait, is that Brenda Song? Yeah, Brenda Song's in it. Okay, and then I was Air gonna say. I only I'm, got a glimpse. Because this this is a narrative adventure with really good graphics, but also kind of bad graphics because it's very uncanny looking to me. Which Until Dawn had as well. I was going to say, it definitely looks a lot better than Until Dawn, but Until Dawn also came out in like 2015. So Yeah, that's been so many years. but And I think it looks a little better than the Dark Pictures games, which is good because yeah. I don't have much interest in those, and this seems a little more interesting. It seems like they almost like put more work into this one than those. Uh, but it's like I said, it's starring David Arquette, Ariel Winter, Justice Smith, Brenda Song, Halston Sage, Siobhan Williams? Is that how you say her name? Siobhan. Siobhan? It's an Irish name. Siobhan. Siobhan. Skyler Gazondo? I recognize this kid. He's in shows, right? <laughs> I th I know his face for sure. All these faces look familiar to me. They're all a bunch of young people that are in shows that I probably don't watch, but I see them all over the place. Um, but it's a very exciting cast. I'm I'm excited to see more. Um, 
I almost feel like we might not see more. This might just be like a one trailer and then maybe a launch trailer and it's out. Because yeah. it's only a couple months away. Are you excited by this at all? Actually, you I like really Until am. Dawn, right? I love Until Dawn. Um, I don't love the Dark Pictures anthology. I don't think they're fun. They take themselves way too seriously. The fun thing about Until Dawn was that it was kind of silly. It was kind of silly Billy. And everything after was very like, everything after was very like, oh, oh my gosh, the ancient curse, we've opened it up. And it was kind of like, eh, shut up. Let's get back to some crazy Wendigo stuff in the mountains. Also, David Arquette's in it. Also, David Arquette is in it. There's actually a lot of people in it. There's a lot of like ancient, not ancient. Oh my God, I sound horrible for saying that. There's a lot of like old horror actors in it. Ancient. Ancient. Lance Henriksen is in it. He was in Alien. I'm excited for this because it looks fun and it looks kind of silly and it looks scary. And it's back to the whole like B-movie teenagers uh, getting murdered thing, which is what Until Dawn was about. But they weren't really teenagers. You know, they didn't look like teenagers. They look like a bunch of 30-year-olds pretending to be teenagers. Which Which is is better. Which is like what horror movies are. You know what I mean? So that's why it was better. It was like, it was perfect. The newer movies, I mean, the newer games, uh, I just don't really care about the characters. Yeah. And Rami Malek was not in the, (laughs) was not in any of the games after Until Dawn. So I didn't care. He should be in this one. They should DLC him in. I wish he was. Anyway, um, I'm excited for this game. It should be fun. It's one of those games that's kind of fun to play with somebody else because you can kind of deliberate on decisions. Yeah. Um, perhaps the biggest drop in news was um, the Harry Potter game called Hogwarts Legacy. I got a very extensive gameplay reveal. Um, it's going to be out this Christmas or holiday. I'm sorry. This holiday on every platform um the gameplay reveal i don't know i didn't even i watched i skimmed it i did not watch the whole thing it was about 15 minutes long um it just went over some game mechanics uh companions uh plot um stuff like that do you stand by your prior statement that this is a game you would have been very excited for in the past but now is not the time so you don't really care yeah i think that even watching this it's like yeah it looks like fun but it's like at what cost you know i I mean it looks kind of weird to me and i don't know if i'm just being overly critical because of some social stuff that maybe we'll discuss in a minute but like it it looks funky to me it doesn't part of me thinks that it might be because of the news that we found out it's coming to Switch. Yeah, it doesn't which... look particularly crisp. No, and this is on... So all the footage in the reveal was from the PlayStation 5, which is another thing. This was announced in the PlayStation 5 showcase before launch, which was like a bunch of PlayStation 5 exclusive games. So I thought that's what this was. I thought it was PlayStation 5 exclusive, and then PlayStation was like, we're going to have a state of play to reveal a bunch of gameplay footage. And it came out, and then I saw that it says PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4, and I'm like, oh... That's a little disappointing, but oh well. And then I went online and I was like, oh, it's also coming to Xbox. That's really strange. And then they announced it was coming to Switch. And I'm 
The game looks a little too intense to run natively on Switch. So part of me wonders if it's like the reason it looks funky to me is because they have some crazy scaling stuff going on so they can pull back and make it run on Switch just fine. You know what? Huh? You're right. And even in the trailer, there's weird like pop-in stuff. Like I get that it's gameplay, so it's like in-engine, but it doesn't give off a great impression. No. It looks... It doesn't look great to me. I don't know. And there's also... I mean, let's let's just acknowledge the elephant in the room. The Harry Potter franchise has been uh, damaged, shall we say, by its author. Yeah. It's, 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 well, it's hard because when you're a kid, yeah, you read these books and it's like, it, it, it really stays with you. And it's something that people have a lot of love for. And I think each person sort of has a unique relationship with the series. I liked Harry Potter. I didn't love it. It wasn't like my favorite. They weren't like my favorite books of all time. Um, but I did like it. I loved the movies. So it's hard. But like when you look back, there are a lot of things that were a little bit problematic and a little bit weird. And then obviously the author has taken it upon herself to rally for a cause that is um, incredibly damaging to a large group of people. Um, I wouldn't even call it a cause. I would call it like a... Incredible transphobia. Yeah, just just this crusade against trans people for whatever reason. Um, but it's hard because I think people who often get ignored in this conversation are you know a lot of a lot of trans people enjoyed Harry Potter too and now it's like now it's kind of they're confronted with this and I, like I said I think each person has a very unique relationship with this series I do think it's weird it almost kind of feels like damage control I know they've been doing this they've been designing this game for a long time but with everything that went down with like the um Fantastic Beast movies and like the Johnny Depp stuff and then like the the transphobia, J.K. Rowling's transphobia. It's like it almost almost feels like damage control. But also I'm not so sure about the plot of the game. It's I mean, yeah, it's oh, we're like I'm going to school at Hogwarts, but it's also like there's a there's um a rebellion of of um not house elves, but the goblin. Goblins. There's a goblin rebellion and it's like there's too many allegories to real world stuff for you to be writing these plots. And obviously that wasn't JK Rowling writing these plots in this game. It was the writers of the game. I'm sure she probably has almost nothing to do with it beyond becoming a billionaire because of it. Well, it contributing to her billions of dollars, but I don't know. I just it's just weird. It's weird. If we would have done a game and we were just in school, I think it would have been okay. I know that's probably I wanted an like a fire opinion, emblem but... three houses, but Harry Potter. Like you, like run us run the school and like do a bunch of stuff with students and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like they're ignoring things. It's messy. Like there are criticisms of of goblins in the books and the movies because they're they could be perceived as anti-Semitic. Um. 
And I just think it's weird that they're like doubling down and they're like, yeah, they're the bad guys, though. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that that discussion has definitely heated up drastically over the past like year or so. And it's like I have to remove myself and be like, okay, so they have definitely they wrote the whole plot more than a year ago before this heated up. But then I'm also like, but the people making this are so steeped in the community that they had to have known that that was a discussion being had, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's a lot. I'm I'm still not going to get it. I'm not going to play it. I do think it. there are parts that look fun and it does look like it would be extremely my thing if I, if, if it had come out like 10 years ago. But unfortunately, I just can't, I don't know. It just doesn't feel good. And it I'm not feels... trying to morally grandstand or anything like that. I know that's something that people say, but it's like... No, you're allowed. If you genuinely have problems with like the stances and actions of J.K. Rowling, you don't have to... like. You're allowed to not play the game because of that. That's completely valid. The yeah. things that she says are extremely damaging. And especially if they're comments about you or who you are as a person... You don't have to tolerate that. Even if you do want to like the wizard thing, there's other media, you know? Yeah. I'm glad the game doesn't look better because if it looked like absolutely <laughs> incredible, I'd feel like it'd become even more of a toxic discussion. But yeah, because sure. it's it looks almost like it's going to be like a middle of the road thing, I think it might stay kind of quiet and not so aggressive. Yeah. I think they also are probably going to be very like gentle with the canon because they can't really do anything because it takes it takes place before the book series and movies. Yeah, there's like almost no characters from the original except some ghosts that would be alive. I think it takes place dead. before even um, the Fantastic Beast series, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, this is in the 1800s. So. Oh yeah, that's. I think the Fantastic Beast is like early 1900s. Uh, I don't know. Well, Kelly, that's the news <clears throat> of the week. Woo woo. News How about done. We talk about, you want to talk about some video games? I sure do. <laughs> I don't know what we've been doing for the past 40 or so minutes, but um, this week we saw the release of the first pack of the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC. So we got two cups with four courses each. These are all remade courses from past games. I played it a lot. I beat the courses on every difficulty. And I have some thoughts. It oh. is good. That's it. That's my thoughts. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed it. Um, I think seven out of the eight stages look very nice. Um, particularly... Uh, the ones that were like the tour stages. I really like the real world aesthetic, even if it is cartoony and Mario like it's cool to see France and Tokyo. Um, there is one stage from the DS game that looks very bad. It is very flat. The grass is just a flat green model. There is no texturing. There is no actual grass. It is very bad. But the rest of the stages look really nice. So I'm interested to see what the rest of the packs look like. Because this one is mostly really nice. And then one really bad outlier. Um, but 
for me, the Mario Kart Tour stages are like new stages to me because I think Mario Kart Tour is a terrible video game. But the courses are nice. So bringing them into a great game like Mario Kart 8 is exciting. They have some really interesting mechanics. Uh, two of the three tour ones have the paths that you're driving change depending what lap you're on. So um, my favorite part is when you're driving through Paris. In the last lap, you take an alternate turn that has you going against the flow of people that are behind you. So, like, if you're in first place, you are driving on the same road as people in 12th place, but they're going the opposite direction. It's something that we've definitely never seen before, and I thought was super exciting and cool. Yeah. Um, and then there is actual platforming in the Ninja Hideaway stage, which is very complex, and you can go a different route every single lap. Um, there are so many alternate paths to pick from, and I think it's really cool. There's some hopping around, and it's really pretty the music is exceptional. We have Coconut Mall and Mario Kart 8. Don't know what else to say about that. It looks nice. It's Coconut Mall. It's pretty much perfect to me. There's no Miis in it, which is sad, because at the end of Coconut Mall, you'd be driving and there'd be Miis driving cars poorly, and you'd have to get around them. But they are not here. They're uh. simply shy guys sitting in cars, not moving. They don't even run you over? Nope, they just sit still. Oh, What's yeah. the point? I don't know, but I really like this DLC. I was very uh, weary once, you know, we got like a deep dive and saw the the graphical style. But I think that was kind of early. Like they hadn't polished it up so much because it looks a lot better than when we initially saw it. And I'm so excited by the concept of like every few months getting to play some more Mario Kart stages because it just felt nice to be back in that game. We haven't gotten new stages since early 2015 which is insane to think about. It was literally April of 2015 because this was a Wii U game that was ported to Switch with no new courses. Um, I'm excited that we get to keep playing this game and that there's so much more variety because there's going to be 96 stages by the end of this. That's an insane number. You know, you can always play it. You can play all night long and not play the same course twice, and that's awesome. I'm very excited by that prospect. So if you're interested... I think it's worth the price. It's $25, and then that also uh, that also gives you the courses that are on the way. It's not 25 for the two that we got. So highly recommended. Fantastic time. And that is the hardest game I've played this week. Oh, wait. I played one other game that was slightly more difficult. Oh? What did you play this week? Maybe it's the same game. What would That would be crazy. It would be insane if, if we played the same game this week. It would be crazy if we both played Elden Ring this week. <gasps> you played Elden Ring this week? You played Elden Ring this week? That's crazy. That is crazy. Crazy. I played Elden Ring. So we've, played a we've lot talked of Elden about Ring. this a, we've talked about this a lot. But I feel like our thoughts are ever evolving. So update me, Kelly. What are your thoughts this week on Elden Ring? Um, I'm really enjoying myself. I just beat a boss like right before we hit record. And that was fun. I'm not really progressing super far in the story because I don't want to. <laughs> I want to explore. So I've been doing a lot of exploring, um, having a lot of fun. I finally feel like I'm at a point where I can like be confident in the way that I am fighting the enemies, which yeah. is very fun. 
Um, and I'm starting to understand mechanics a little bit deeper as they open up to me. And I'm enjoying the NPC quest lines um, when I can find them. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little bit cryptic, as is typically the case for From games. Um, my favorite is Blythe, whose name I said incorrectly last week or two weeks ago. I said it was Blade. Um, not the way it's pronounced. That's the way it's spelled, but it's pronounced Blythe. He's a big wolf man. Um, and I have a feeling because of From Software, any game where you like a character, something bad is going to happen to that character. Did you notice in the latest update to the game that NPCs are now marked on the map? Yes. That's a huge plus. It's very, very nice because now I did a quest earlier today for some one who lost an item and I went to go get it for her and then I said, oh, where did she go? And then I opened my map and I was like, oh my gosh, there's the marker. There she is. Yeah. So that was that really helped nice. a lot. Nice little quality of life thing. I know there was a patch recently which buffed and nerfed some things. Um, I haven't really experienced because of the things that was were buffed and nerfed. I haven't, I didn't really use, so I haven't really experienced that. But um, I think it's nice to see that they are, especially for Adjusting. people who are really, really into PvP. It's nice to see that they're being diligent about that kind of stuff. Yeah, I will say the one thing. There's a thing called the mimic tier. This is a very mild spoiler, but you know it's week three. I feel like some very mild spoilers are interesting. There's this thing called the Mimic Tier. It is a summon, and it is you. So you summon a clone of yourself, um, and it functions just like you. Obviously, it doesn't. It controls itself, um, but it is definitely one of the most powerful tools that you can get in the game, and that got nerfed, and people were terrified, <laughs> and they were like, this is the end. This game's going to be too hard now, and to be honest, I did not notice a difference. So I think these adjustments are going to be very minuscule adjustments that probably only the most adamant of uh, competitive players are going to notice. Mm. So most of the updates, like the quality of life little updates get me really excited for the future. And I'm not too concerned about adjustments to the balance of the game. Do you have other Elden Ring thoughts? I beat it. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah, I was so I was leaving for a week, and that's why we had a, a small break in the show. And I wanted to beat the final boss before I left, and it was very hard. I think I had just started it before our last recording, uh, but I I played a lot in two days. It took me seven hours of attempts to beat the final boss. Um, I did some research after and discovered I was. Uh, pretty drastically underleveled, which made it more interesting. And definitely, it was it was quite the satisfying conclusion because of how hard it was. But I told myself that that was it. After I finished the final boss, I was done with the game. And I was. And then I got back from my trip, and I watched one YouTube video of somebody playing it. And then I played, like, 10 more hours. So I'm not done with the game. I'm almost done now because my goal became to play or to beat every boss that has an achievement attached to them. And I have the majority of those now. Ooh. So I think by next week, I actually will be probably done playing Elden Ring, which is good because by next week I'll be playing Kirby 
very similar game. Exactly. Kirby has to become the Elden Lord. Oh, I would play that game. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any more Elden Ring thoughts? That no, are not really. I do. I I I do enjoy. Um, I've been playing it online. Yeah. I really enjoy hearing everybody's commentary all the time. Try finger, but hole. <laughs> oh, you don't have the right. Oh, why is it always you don't have the right? Be wary of left. <laughs> Some my of them are genuinely is, helpful. I, yeah, my favorite is I want to go home when I'm in like a <laughs> terrible area and I'm just like, this is so bad. I'm having a tough time. Ooh, maybe this is some good advice. And it just says, I want to go home. That's, I also really like that one. I like that one whenever you beat a boss and there's always the, I did it. Yeah. That's my favorite because I'm like, me too. We did it. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, those are my thoughts. I'm excited to see what's next from From. I'm excited for potential DLC for this game. I'm sure we'll still mention this game here and there over the next several weeks because it is permeating the video game industry for sure. But yes. like I said, we'll be back next week. Kirby Impressions. I'm so excited. My pink boy. Thanks everybody for tuning in this week. We'll see you next time. Bye.